All right, let's talk about what's going on over in Victoria. One of the things that has not been happening is the legislature hasn't been sitting. Well, sounds like they've got a plan to make that start happening again. Joining us now, Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun. Good morning, Vaughn. Good morning, Simi. Yes, and I know all British Columbia has been waiting for this news. (laughs) The NHL, sure, the hairdresser, the restaurants, yeah, 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 sure. But what has everyone (laughs) been waiting for? The news that the legislature is coming back. And? Uh, We will pause here for a moment. That was was, was a dramatic pause, yes. Okay, okay, okay. Um, the Premier uh, previewed the plan on his regular media spot this week. He says that, get ready for it, mid to late June, the legislature will be coming back. He also said it will be a session of the B.C. legislature like no other. It's a, I guess you'd say it's a combination of a new exercise in physical distancing in the chamber and a lot more stuff happening online, including legislature committee meetings that uh, will be entirely run online. Um, you know, this nifty new Zoom application that everybody's using <laughs> yes. for video conferencing. Uh, that's how the legislature will be running for a while as well. Right. But for now, I mean, it's been okay because no, there's a lot of time here where the legislature wouldn't normally have been sitting anyway, right? That's true. And look, we're... I think politically very lucky in British Columbia that the parties have generally been cooperating. If you look at some of the sniping that's going on in other jurisdictions, oh, yeah. which will remain nameless, you know, our our uh, health minister and the opposition health critic, Norm Letnick, have been running town hall meetings together. Uh, leader of the opposition, uh, Andrew Wilkinson, has generally supported Dr. Henry and Dix and all that they're doing. Of course, there's going to be an argument in the long run about the economic uh, recovery plans, but we're lucky. So they, they're not really arguing all that much. They had a, a half-day session in March after we began bringing in restrictions. They passed interim financing for the rest of the year. They put through uh, this emergency $5 billion rescue package, approved all that, and the House adjourned. So it's coming back. Um, Why so early? The answer on that one is interesting. They thought of just leaving it till the fall. There's normally a fall sitting in the B.C. legislature. But because of what Dr. Henry's been saying about a second wave, the potential for a second wave of the outbreak in the fall, they thought, you know, we bring the House back around Thanksgiving, which is right at the beginning of flu season, and we may have to adjourn right away again. So they decided, let's get it all done. The parties got together, the Greens and the Liberals and the NDP, and they came up with this plan for a six-week session, uh, probably sitting starting uh, the 22nd of June, going through to the end of July. And I know, Juan, you said it there again, right, where the parties all got together and worked this out. I think if there's one thing people want to see stay after this whole pandemic situation is that kind of like level of cooperation. I think the cooperation is fine, and behind the scenes, they often do. I think the other thing to remember about the legislature, and it's, uh, it was well put by a former MLA who then ended up as a host on CKNW, and that's Rafe Mayer, the late Rafe Mayer. He said, you know, we let off steam in that place because we try not to let off steam in the streets. It is a place for the government mm-hmm. to be held to account and all that. Uh, but you're right, and uh, one of the things, 
some of the stuff that's gone on behind the scenes is kind of amusing too. I don't know how familiar you are with Zoom, but oh yes, um, they're, they're determined that using Zoom that it will that, that they will still preserve the dignity of the legislature. So you've got all these MLAs working from home. Some of them in their offices, cabinet ministers. Some of them will be in the house. Some of them will be on screen, and there'll be these giant screens, and they're all chopped up into boxes and faces and everything. So they've made it clear that. On Zoom, I didn't know this because I've never used it, but uh, I've heard it from people who do use it. On Zoom, you can choose your background. Yes. You, it doesn't have to be your home office <laughs> no. or or anything like that or your kitchen. Uh, it can be any background you want. So I gather they did some tryouts in their caucuses, and one of the MLA's background was palm trees. <laughs> like he was on a <laughs> beach great. in Maui. So they said there'll be none of that, right? Oh. There will be none of that. The legislature will choose a background that is suitably dignified, and that will be everyone's background. You must respect the dress code for the legislature, at least above the waist. I guess you could be wearing shorts and sandals below the level of your desk. And there's to be no eating <laughs> on screen. Um, you are allowed, I believe you'll be allowed to sip tea or coffee. So uh, no wet bars either. So it, they're going to try to preserve the dignity of the place even as they do this. I, I'm just surprised that they actually have to have those rules. You know what I mean? Like you would think we got to take this seriously here, everybody, you know, but I guess you got to spell it out because somebody will always try to do something uh, different. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, well, as you know, the B.C. legislature has not always been the most dignified no, uh, not. Uh, parliamentary forum in the country. Uh, I, one of the things I was wondering is they're going to have question period, but with question period, the, the, the physical distancing rule will be there's only 30 members in the House at any one time because right. they have to keep part. So there's normally 87 members. So uh, members, including some ministers, may do question period again online. So it probably will undermine the potential for heckling, uh, which would mean that there might be actually more time in question period uh, for questions. I, I mentioned this to well, one of them nice. the other day, and they said, well, yes, but that doesn't necessarily mean there's going to be any more answers, because, you know, government ministers specialize in avoiding questions <laughs> as much as they do in answering them. So we'll see whether question period is more dignified. They're going to give it a try anyway. We'll see. I guess one of the other things they'll probably be debating as well is this whole idea of sick benefits. Yeah, so that's an important one that Premier John Horgan has been pushing for this and pushing the federal government on this. So there are a lot of work. The, the, the rule or the expectation now is if you've got the sniffles or even an allergy attack or anything that might have a whiff of COVID-19 to it, you're to stay home. You're not to go to work because that's how the virus is spreading. So, but unfortunately, and we saw this, we've seen this already in some workplaces, there are workers who don't have sick days. Right? They, they, they can't book off. They, well, they can, but they don't get paid. So the idea is, will there be legislated requirement that people get paid as to make sure they don't have a disincentive to stay home? Uh, Premier said initially he didn't like the idea of forcing businesses to pay sick benefits because they've already taken a pretty big hit, uh, having to shut down, loss of customers and all of that. So he didn't think that also forcing them to pay sick benefits. So his idea was... Uh, why don't we do it federally? Do it through 
employment insurance. And Ottawa, essentially, would legislate it right across the country, and there would be sick benefits for people who have to stay home. Um, The feds haven't exactly jumped at that idea. They haven't rejected it yet. Premier got asked the other day, well, what if they don't go for it? He said, well, British Columbia is prepared to go on its own. So, But he still doesn't like the idea of businesses being forced to pay for it. So we have um, a fairly large bailout fund here in B.C., $5 billion, including a billion and a half for economic recovery. So you're right, Simi, we may... If they don't get something out of Ottawa by the end of mm-hmm. June, there will be legislation before the House, and perhaps you will see a provincially funded plan to do this. Interesting. Uh, let's talk about as well about the number of cases over on Vancouver Island. Uh, one case, I understand, right? Yeah. One active case? Yeah, so there are 300 and some active cases in British Columbia still of COVID-19. There's only one here on Vancouver Island. Vancouver Island's been very lucky. There have been no outbreaks here, I don't think, in any long-term care facilities. The, mm-hmm. the outbreak is cre- increasingly confined to Fraser Health and Vancouver Coastal, and Fraser Health has the most cases. So, Okay, on behalf of uh, the smug residents of the provincial capital, uh, which also happens to be the hometown of uh, Dr. Bonnie Henry, I asked her yesterday, I said, well, you know, with no cases, what well, one case active here on the island, is it time to think of a phased relaxation of the regulations for here? I know there's some sentiment uh, along those lines in the north and the interior as well. And the answer uh, was as, as firm an answer as I've ever heard from Dr. Henry. No. Really? <laughs> no. And she explained then, because she always explains herself, right? But her explanation is, look, the virus is still out there in the community. People move around. We don't want people to get the idea that their area is safe and they don't have to be diligent and they don't have to be disciplined. So she thinks it would send the wrong message You may remember that she made this argument way back at the beginning when people said they wanted to be told whether or not there were any cases in their town. Right. And and she said then, it's everywhere, it can be everywhere, and we're going to exit from this thing together, and so we're not going to have good regions and bad regions or regions where one set of rules are in place and regions where the other set has different rules. So I, her argument makes sense. I don't mind deferring to her uh, judgment because I think she's gotten more things right than wrong in this outbreak. But uh, it's an interesting response. It's, mm-hmm. uh, you can go on, by the way, you can go on the dashboard that the uh, Center for Disease Control has established in BC and you can click on it and you can figure out from there how many active cases remain in your region. But just in general... Fraser Health is the big problem, has the most people in the province, but it also has still some of the worst outbreaks, including this one at at Langley Lodge, where I think two more patients died yesterday. So there's still some big problems out there that are confined to just a few places, but we're not out of the woods yet. No, we're not. And yet now here we are also ramping up to deal with wildfire season, too. Yeah, we got a briefing from the forest minister yesterday, Doug Donaldson, mostly reassuring. We're behind uh, the average number of forest fires for the year. It's been, uh, we've been lucky in some regions, but the woods are dry, and we are preparing for another one of these seasons in British Columbia. They've hired more air tankers and more capacity uh, to fight fires. They're also planning for running a forest firefighting season in the middle of a COVID-19 outbreak. So uh, the the new work camps for the forest workers will be smaller. There'll be physical distancing. 
Uh, they've told the news media you can forget about face-to-face interviews this year. It's not going to happen. You're not getting any helicopter rides either. Uh, but yeah, they're getting ready for uh, preparing for big season. They're already spending money reducing the uh, fire risk in the interface area. Uh, interesting too, they've cancelled. Um, you know, where they uh, uh, it's essentially uh, burning of uh, forest debris ahead of time right. uh, to reduce the risk. They're not doing that this year. Uh, partly because of COVID-19, people with respiratory problems, smoke in the air. They don't want that. And they've also said they're preserving their crews for fighting fires. They're not going to get them involved in reducing slash and stuff like that and doing burning, prescriptive burning. Interesting. All right, Vaughn, thank you. Bye-bye, Simi.